Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 77 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for the freedom to read your word. Help us receive the message you want us to receive today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see what's happening in John. Jesus and his disciples walked by a blind man who'd been blind his entire life. His disciples asked Jesus who sinned, meaning who did something bad that resulted in this infirmity. God's ways are not our ways. Even Jesus' disciples who spent every waking hour with him did not have a full understanding of his ways. Jesus explained that neither the man nor his parents sinned. He wasn't being punished. His circumstance was the way it was so that God could show himself wonderful and miraculous. We may wonder why a certain situation or condition plagues us. We may even think our past sins cause our current suffering. And in some cases, it may be true because there are earthly repercussions for our actions, but not in every case. God desires to show himself magnificent to us, just as he did for the blind man. He works in all our circumstances to bring us closer to him. Of course, Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath. And of course, the Pharisees were upset. They said Jesus could not be from God because he didn't respect the Sabbath. And then they wouldn't even believe the blind man was ever blind. So they asked his parents. Well, the parents were afraid of being kicked out of the church because the leaders of the church already had stated that if anyone believed Jesus was the Christ, then they'd be expelled from the synagogue. They made it difficult for the less educated than themselves to learn the real truth, or at least they made it difficult to tell the truth. The now seeing man was questioned again, and then he had a question for them. Did they want to become one of Jesus' disciples? Well, their anger raged against him, but this man spoke eloquently and with knowledge about God. They became even angrier and threw him out of the synagogue. One of the most beautiful interchanges between Jesus and another person happened with him and this man. Jesus talked with him and told him that he was the son of God. He didn't have to, but he did. He must have seen this man was capable of belief in him, and he was. He worshiped Jesus. There were a few people who worshiped Jesus while he walked this earth. Those were the few privileged ones, the ones who really saw who he was. Jesus said he came to separate those who believed in him and those who didn't. He told the Pharisees that because they claimed to have knowledge no better than the average person, then they would remain in their sin. Let's see what Paul is writing about to the Galatians in chapter 4. Paul continues his argument about grace. He wrote that Jesus purchased freedom for those under the law, that we are adopted and therefore God's children. In verses 6 and 7, he wrote, And because you really are his sons, God has sent the Holy Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, a bond servant, but a son. And if a son, then it follows that you are an heir by the aid of God through Christ. Children are loved by their fathers. They are protected and provided for by their fathers. Our Heavenly Father takes care of us in every way. God sent his Holy Spirit into our spirit, so our hearts long after him. His spirit inside ours directs us to seek him for every need as we are led to cry out to him, as if we were young children crying after our earthly fathers. He is our father, our Abba, Father. We are not ever fully satisfied until we are safely held by our creator. 
Jesus died to ensure our right to the kingdom. Let us be thankful we were chosen to know God and worship him. Paul begs the people to become like him, free in Christ. One of my favorite writings of Paul comes next. He compares Abraham's children, the one born of a slave woman and another born of a free woman, to the law and grace. Remember the story of Hagar and Sarah? Both had Abraham's children, but Hagar's child would not rule over Sarah's. Verse 30 says, but what does the scripture say? Cast out and send away the slave woman and her son, for never shall the son of the slave woman be heir and share the inheritance with the son of the free woman. That also is Genesis 21, verse 10. Paul was making the point that the law will never rule over or provide the inheritance that faith in Jesus does. Let us accept God's grace, lean into freedom, and move away from works. Let's see what's happening with the Israelites in Deuteronomy. Chapter 1 starts with the Israelites on the east side of the Jordan. We are told this was an 11-day trip that turned into a 40-year journey. Moses reminds them of their travels, their victories, and their failures. He talked about God giving them the land of Canaan, but they wanted to send spies first to just to make sure they could win. And when the spies came back, all but one said the enemy was too big, too great, and too many to fight. They disobeyed God's command. Of course, the Lord was angry with them, and his anger prohibited any of that generation to enter the promised land. Let this be a lesson to us. When God tells us to move forward, let us go forward. There is nothing too big or too great for the Lord to do, no matter how big the battle seems. We will soon read of battles that were waged with God's hand that were won and never should have been. Take courage today and know that God is with you. I'm speaking as much to me as I am to you, just like the acrostic here is in your book. This is what I am hearing from God today and sharing with you. Let's see what's happening with the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 2. Moses is recounting their trip around the mountain. God shows himself faithful as he tells Moses they will not inherit any land from Seir, for this was promised to Esau and his descendants. They could buy food and water from them, but they were not to take any of their land. We also see God's faithfulness and provision in verse 7, which says, For the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hand. He knows you're walking through this great wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord has been with you, and you have lacked nothing. That is really something. For 40 years, the Israelites had everything they needed, and it was provided by God himself. Moses reminded the people of their many travels where God told them to not engage with other people and lands he had promised to others. And then in verse 25, he said, This day will I begin to put the dread and fear of you upon the peoples who are under the whole heavens, who shall hear the report of you and shall tremble and be in anguish because of you. God had a plan for their enemies, a plan to make the Israelites a great nation, give them the best land and instill fear in their enemies. And God delivered the cities into their hands. Well, Asaph is lamenting again in Psalm 77, and I'm sure with good reason. The first half of the psalm expresses his deep sadness at the apparent withdrawal of God from the people. Asaph is so upset that he cannot sleep or even speak, so he prays. He shows us what to do in times of trouble. Pray. Pray without ceasing. And then he shows us how. He remembers all that God has done. He recounts God's power in the past. In verse 13, he writes, Your way, O God, is in the sanctuary, in holiness, away from sin and guilt. Who is a great God like our God? He reminds himself that God is holy and great. He writes, You are the God who does wonders. You have demonstrated your power among the peoples. Yes, our God still does wonders and miracles. 
My prayer is that I won't miss any of them. They're all around us if we keep our spiritual eyes open. Asaph goes on to recount the miracles God did for the Israelites, as we are very familiar with. In fact, he ends writing about Aaron and Moses. And I just love how this reading plan allows for the stories in different books to collide with one another. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for the perfection of your word. Thank you for giving us more of you every day. Help us learn of your heart. Help us receive the love you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.